This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by RetroGameTreasure.com. It is one of the best monthly subscription services you'll find out there. It starts as low as $29.99 and sends anywhere from three to five retro video games from your console of choice. From the Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, Sega Master System, Sega Genesis, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, and the Game Gear, as well as... Breaking news, now shipping Sega CD, Sega Dreamcast, and PlayStation 1. And here at the Happy Hour, we love retro games, but what we love even more than retro games is saving saving money. money. So go ahead and put in the coupon code at checkout, Happy Hour. Get $2 off your total purchase. Go see them, and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with with Johnny and Deuce Deuce sent you. My name is Johnny Womack, and of course, I got my partner in crime, Deuce. What's going on, brother? Hey, man. We are the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce, and every single episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with a good old Deuce salute. Yes, sir. Ah, good times, good times, good times. And of course, we are a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure, and we love to have special guests with us, and of course... You've you've heard both of their voices before on a former couple of episodes. We have the amazing director of The Dark Side of Disney, Philip Swift, and his mother, Beth Swift, who is also in the movie. So we also get one of the actors from the film as well. So welcome back (laughs) to the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. I forgot for a second. I was like, wait, what is he talking about? My mom be, oh, but right, yeah, she was on the uh, the, the lives in Florida one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe my mom was moonlighting on uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was. You're right. That's it. Deuce and I met elsewhere. Long conversation. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. And I've got to say, Beth, that was one of my favorite interviews of that day was interviewing <laughs> you. I had such a blast, and it was such I, a fun event. It really was. I said it was one of my favorite events, even though, even though it wasn't the best conducive to watching the film. Um, it was really the most interesting people, and it was the people that understood um, a different side of the film because there were so many people that were active or had been active Disney uh, employees. Yeah, and I thought that that was a really neat touch because doing it in Orlando with so many Disney employees, and plus, Orlando, besides Disney employees, there's so many, I I believe the term is Disney files, that Mm -hmm. are there people that just love Disney, and they kind of migrate to Orlando because Disney World is there, and to see all those uh, come out, and I thought the venue was cool, Gods and Monsters, because, I mean... It's kind of neat to be in this giant comic book store, you know, <laughs> and, and kind of do it that had a bar, yeah. which was cool. That's always yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that there was a movie playing, to be honest. So, but yeah, yeah I definitely mean, a plus. I probably was one of the least uh, inebriated persons that <laughs> that night. Yeah, yeah, because I'm not gonna lie. Near the end of the night, I could tell people were it, people had been hitting that bar quite a bit. So. Uh, which was funny because, like, I think I saw the guy take out the trash like six times <laughs> within four hours. Because every time I turned around, the guy was like loading like trash bags and taking them out. I'm like, 
Whoever has got the bar tonight is making bank. Yeah. It was part of the deal with that venue. Like the guy, Ryan Scott, who lives out there in Florida, um, he helped out to get that spot. And um, part of the deal was is that we had to sell like a certain amount of, of uh, we had to have a certain amount of beer and alcohol sales throughout the night in order to have it be a free rental. Uh, otherwise, they were going to charge us like some very large amount. Um, and we did. We hit whatever the, our marker was. I can't even. I was also had several drinks. I don't remember what the exact number was, but um, <laughs> it was. Uh, we definitely hit that that number. So that yeah. was nice. And that was kind of funny because uh, Ryan had a conversation with me beforehand. He's like, Deuce, don't start drinking till this time because that's when the bar counter starts. And he's like, Then go Deuce. Like, Deuce is on the <laughs> loose after, like, after, I think it was, like, 7 o'clock. He's like, deuce it up after 7, but before 7, just stick with water because uh, I'm not, you know, that doesn't count towards our bill. I was like, okay, man, whatever you want me to do, brother. <laughs> so let's uh, let's kind of talk about, just in case people have just joined us, they, they don't know what the dark side of Disney is. Philip, give them a quick little rundown of what your film is about. Sure. The uh, Dark Side of Disney is a feature-length documentary that is uh, inspired by the best-selling book um, by uh, the wonderful Leonard Kinsey. Um, the book is a travel guide that tells you how to have fun at the Disney parks from sort of a, an adult perspective. So it tells you, um, you know, where to do drugs in the park and where to have sex in the park and all this kind of crazy stuff. Uh, and initially, I had pitched it to him that the, it would be a documentary based on the book. Um, but then it became a more interesting thing to me to ask the question why uh, the movie or sorry, the book says uh, how and where to do these things. Um, and with a documentary um, inspired by the book, I wanted it to be about why, like, why do people feel the need to, to get super stoned and go to concerts at Epcot? Or why do people scatter their their loved ones ashes in the <laughs> mode around Cinderella Castle? Um, and I think that's what comes across in the film uh, stronger than uh, in uh, Leonard's book. Well, for me, it was a very emotional experience because, like, just seeing, you know, seeing Beth, seeing you in the beginning and talking about your experiences and how much you love Disney and how much, you know, how, how important it is to you and your experience and growing up and, and whatnot. And I think Deuce is a native Floridian, so he's yeah. from here. Yeah. And I'm from Louisiana, which wasn't that far away. So we, we, we frequented Disney a lot growing up. And now, obviously, we live in Florida, both of us. And I remember just, like, Disney has – it's very nostalgic going back and remembering the good times that you had and the, and the euphoric feeling you have when you go to Disney. And I also loved your showcase of Epcot, how it, like, evolved over the years, like how it's, like, let's go drink around the world, you know? And, yeah. like, it, it's, like, changed, <laughs> like, the whole image of, you know, what Disney used to be. And I thought that was really fascinating as well. I yeah. think that, yeah, I think that it's made it, you know, I have no idea why, but it, it just was, it was there, and and I became enamored of the process, so... Believe in believe in fantasy, so it worked. <laughs> well, that was one of the well, that was one of the things that I, I I also noticed is like how many adults still go to Disney just for themselves, you know? Because like it, you go to somewhere else like a Legoland, obviously a lot of it's it's catered towards kids two to twelve, but like with Disney, it's like there's something for everybody out there. Like if you want to go and explore histories. You can go to Epcot and look at the different countries and do all that. You can also look at the animation side of Disney, going to Hollywood Studios. and like There's all kinds of different things that you can go into. If you're a huge Star Wars fan, 
by all means, uh, Hollywood Studios here in Florida is turning into a Star Wars land, essentially. So go, if you're a big Star Wars nut, go over there and, and check out Star Wars. If you want to see how Disney started out with all the classic rides, Fantasyland, Tomorrowland, all that, you kind of get to see the architecture there as well. So there's a lot of interesting dynamics to the different parks. And we just took, uh, recently, this Saturday, we took my kids for the first time to Animal Kingdom, and they loved it. And I forgot, yeah. I hadn't been there in a decade, and I, and I forgot, like, how interactive it was with the animals. Like, you're literally, like, 20 feet away from a cheetah, and you're not, in, you're just in a car. <laughs> I'm like, what happens if they wake up and they, they're hungry, you know? And they said they <laughs> feed them a lot, so they're very docile anyways. And, during the, and they usually, usually they're more active at night or early in the morning, so. But I'm like, still, like, I could literally go out, jump out of this car and go and <laughs> run up to a cheetah. And there's nothing stopping me, you know. Like, it's just fascinating, you know, just to see, like, there's something for everybody of all age groups. It's not just a kid's, you know, attraction anymore. It's it's evolved. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's, 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 I haven't been to Animal Kingdom since it first said, what's that sound? <laughs> um, Karen's opening a beer. Oh, Ooh, happy hour. Happy hour. There we yeah, go. Yeah, happy hour. Yeah, Things are no, going off the rails. I have yes, it's off the rails. Sorry. No, no, no don't no. worry about it. We love when the podcast goes off the rails because yep. that's when we get our best content. But yep. wasn't Karen with you the night of the show at Gods and Monsters? Yes, Leave it yes, to Deuce to remember. I, yeah, because I remember meeting Deuce. Karen. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. She was there. Um. Yeah. She's now my ex boss, and um, she um just stopped in because I have a good friend visiting from Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> oh, wait, is, is Connie there too? Connie's here too. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Real awesome. party. Wow. Yeah, yeah. See, I have a life outside of work you didn't know about. So. <laughs> but yes, back to this wonderful film. <laughs> yes. Which is coming out soon, right? Uh, on well, actually, as of hearing this, it'll be out. It'll already. be out because it came out on Wednesday, four twenty, and now this is Friday, so two days removed from the release of it. Philip, tell all of our listeners and fans how can they find the film? How can they download it? How can they buy it? How can they purchase it? Yeah, people have been uh, kind of clamoring for it, and we um, have been promoting um, pre-sales of DVDs, uh, and we've done really well. I mean. I'm really surprised by how many people I buy myself don't buy DVDs that much anymore. Um, and I've been surprised by how well the sales have been so far, um, which makes me think that the video on demand stuff is going to be huge. But um, the best place to go is dsoddoc.com. That's dsoddoc.com. Um, there you can uh, find out all the information you need to, to order a DVD or a poster. Um, you can also find easy links uh, to stream it on Amazon um, and on Vimeo. Um, we're starting with this two, just those two platforms for online um, streaming because Amazon is uh, pretty you know, integrated into most people's homes these days, uh, but it's only available domestically through Amazon. Uh, if you live anywhere in the world, um, you can watch it on Vimeo on demand. Um, so it's, uh, you know, there's, it's, we're trying to make it easy for people to see. So dsoddoc.com is your, your best uh, place to go to find out all the news on the dark side of Disney. So is there any differences between owning the DVD version and then instead of just uh, watching the digital version? So the digital version is just the, the film itself. It's your, mm -hmm. You're getting the, the basic um, uh, film itself, which is great. Um, and uh, you can rent it for, you know, two ninety nine, or you can have like the digital right to own it for, uh, for nine ninety nine. So if you're going to watch it more than three times, you should just go ahead and buy it. Sure. Um, 
but the DVD uh, has a. We actually are selling three different versions of the DVD. Oh. Um, yeah. Right. It's crazy. Uh, for ten bucks, you can get the basic DVD, which includes the film and uh, a bunch of trailers on the disc. There's about three or four different trailers for Dark Side of Disney, but there's also one for my last film, which is about the town of Celebration, Florida. It's called The Bubble, uh, and there's a trailer for my first documentary called Sincerely, P.V. Reese. Um, for yeah. Fifteen dollars. Yeah. Good movie. For $15, you can get um, the special edition that comes with what I do, all that stuff I just said, plus uh, a downloadable sound, uh, soundtrack, 25 songs uh, from my friend Gabe Shrey, who did all the music for the movie. And then for $20, you can get the Darksiders edition. Mm. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> uh, it's the best one by far, and people have been really excited with it uh, so far, the people that have early access. Um, it is everything I already mentioned, whole movie, trailers, downloadable soundtrack, but you also get online access to a huge library of special features, uh, which is a ton of footage we didn't use in the film. Uh, it's extended interviews. If you're really into someone like Dana Snyder, uh, who was the voice of Master Shake on Aqua Teen Hunger Force, um, he is in the film talking about drinking around the world, but he's only in the movie for about, I don't know, two minutes at the most. Um, if you get this Darksiders edition DVD, you can go online and watch the entire interview. Uh, and it's a really fun one to watch because he gets considerably more and more drunk throughout. Uh, the entire thing uh, and it's a lot of fun to see if you're into who Gibson who we mentioned I don't know if we had maybe we talked about him before we, we talked started. about him in the pre-show yeah uh, who Gibson is a wonderful Disney we'll say explorer um, <laughs> he's been jumping off the rides the last 30 years and sneaking behind the scenes and filming stuff and uh, just a wonderful guy um, one of the special features is uh, we, he drives around he drives us all around the like backstage areas that he can get to in his car um, and then he gives us a full-on tour of Pirates Cove Adventure Golf, where he does a lot of work these days. Um, so yeah, for twenty bucks, you get hours and hours and hours of great content um, that you can watch as long as the internet exists. Well, I would definitely recommend getting the twenty-dollar edition. Just the Dark because, Siders edition. That yeah, sounds awesome. Well, <laughs> besides that, it sounds awesome. If I remember correctly, Philip, you told me but the Dana Snyder. Uh, you interviewed him for like three hours or something like that is <laughs> we, a long interview yeah the interview <laughs> itself i think is probably you get it's about an hour what you're gonna get access to because i i did i did take the liberty of like cutting out times when like we're ordering food or ordering more drinks or walking away to go to the bathroom or sure. maybe um, he went completely off the rails and you're like you know what just for dana we're gonna cut this part out <laughs> he is i said it i said it to to his co-host guy hutchinson on drunk on disney I said it to him recently, and he agreed that Dana is like a, a verbal steamroller. He just <laughs> keeps going and going and going and going, and trying to find an edit point in his uh, conversation can be a little daunting at times. So what's the process like when you're making a DVD? Because obviously there's different you know, things involved where you've got – you know, you've got to get the rights to to put it on Amazon and do all that stuff. You also got to make a DVD menu as well. Like, did you have a bunch of experience making uh, that type of stuff before? Because I know you did another, you did the uh, celebration movie before the bubble. The bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I'm one of those people that I've been like kind of teaching myself how to do stuff since I was a little kid. I'm sure my mom can attest to that. Um, Absolutely. And so, at the age of 13, I got a camcorder and I kind of just taught myself how to make movies. I was really into movies and I, you know, was, was just devouring movies all the time. Um, and I sort of learned the ideas of basic, you know, editing and shot composition and things like that through that. Uh, and then I taught myself how to edit uh, VHS tapes. Like I had, you know, I had the camera and I had a VCR and I had a CD player 
And I knew that if I went to Radio Shack and bought the right cables, um, I could somehow get the music from the CD player to be in my movie. Oh, nice. Uh, and so I, through a you know series of trial and errors, I got that all together. Um, so it wasn't until I was 25 that I even like went to school for filmmaking. Uh, but I had continued to make movies with my friends all through that you know, 10, 12 years. Um, tons and tons and tons. Yeah, and I, I, I tackled that in my first documentary, Sincerely P.V. Reese. It's all about going back and looking at the films we made uh, as teenagers. Um, but Is that um, available? Finally, is that available for anyone? That is actually, you can buy on the, the store right now on Dark Side of Disney, dsoddoc.com. You can get a copy of uh, that for 10 bucks. It's a very special edition um, that has uh, a full-length version of one of the films I made as a senior in high school. Uh, which is the, that film is like kind of the focus of this documentary. I go back on the 10th anniversary of that, that making of that movie and talk to all my friends about what it was like making that film and um, what it means that now one of the, one of our friends who was one of the main actors in the film, uh, he died in 2004 oh, wow. uh, from leukemia. Um, so yeah, it's an, it's an interesting, there's a nice little double, double uh, thing, uh, double film package on the dark side of Disney store right now. Um, but you can also watch it for free online on Vimeo. I shouldn't say that, but if you go to Vimeo yes. and look up sincerely PV Reese, it's, it's right there. It's um, really good guys. It's, it's really I good. definitely it's want fun. to check it out. It's one of those really like, things that it's like the first, it's for, it's, it's a shorter, it's a 20 minute short documentary. Um, but it's like the first one and you feel like, okay, I did this. This is amazing. And it, and it uh, never really got like a lot of huge recognition. It was, you know, got a couple nods and winks here and there, but um, I actually use it a lot as a teaching tool um, in when I teach filmmaking in high schools here in New York because it it shows students. You know, first they get to see me as like a goofy teenager, um, and then they get to understand the importance of something like filmmaking, and uh, especially when um, they learn about how my friend passed away and how he kind of lives on forever in these old movies. Um, but long story short, I eventually then did go to film school. And what was interesting about going to, to film school is I went to kind of a two-year technical school um, where they didn't do a lot of like film theory uh, and things like that, which part of me was kind of happy about because I felt like I had sort of taught myself that by like reading books and watching films. The things I didn't know were the more technical things. Uh, I had been using iMovie for like 10 years at that point. Um, so I finally learned you know, uh, Final Cut Pro and um, Adobe Premiere and things like that. Uh, and the one that one thing that I learned and for some reason really liked was DVD Studio Pro, um, which is a great program that Apple makes uh, that allows you to create your own menus and everything. And um, you can get really funky with it and, and get as creative as you want uh, and create a really nice DVD. And so for the Dark Side of Disney, I made a nice DVD. Um, I got a great cover, a new cover uh, for the film, uh, for the DVD case. Uh, by a guy named Josie Devora over at roosterpop.com. Uh, he's a, a great artist. He did a wonderful cover. Uh, and then you just ship like one copy of the DVD um, over to this place called Disc Makers over in New Jersey. Uh, and they give you a good deal. The more you buy, the better they, they give you a, a deal. And then all of a sudden <laughs> you have boxes upon boxes upon boxes on your front step yeah. one day. Wow, that's um, awesome. I never knew that that process, what the process was like, because everyone comes from different walks of life. Everyone comes from different backgrounds. And, you know, when it comes to filmmaking, you know, I think a lot of I think there's still a lot of people that that don't quite understand the whole process that goes into filmmaking, because like you had a full, you know, a whole crew with you. You know, you had people doing, you know, three different guys doing camera work and whatnot. And and then you, obviously you had your mom and a lot of other people, a lot of moving parts that you had to have 
to get this out there. And I think that's something that sometimes people take for granted. They're watching the movie and they're like, oh, that was a great movie. And then you have to sit back and be like, wow, that there's a lot involved, you know, for something like that. And that for me, that fascinates me when I hear your story about how you had to learn, you know, learn trial by error and learn how to do things in VHS tapes and learn and, and you know, learn the process of making and going to film school. And it just it's all about, you know, because we're our own worst critics, so it's all about you know trying to get feedback from other people and and helps make you improve yourself, you know. Oh yeah. So that's yeah, that that's fascinating. Definitely. Yeah, Philip's worst critics was his mother and his wife. <laughs> yeah, there was a great night. Uh, we were visiting family in Kentucky <laughs> in this like horse farm in Kentucky. We were staying at there was there was like a, a friend of a friend of a friend's uh, home. Uh, and it was just like this quiet night. And of course we had Margo with us and she goes to bed at like seven. And then what do you do then? Like usually, you know, my Katie and I will right. like watch a movie and go to bed. So yeah, we, we busted out some, I think it was wine. It should have been whiskey being in Kentucky, but, uh, I happened to have Love like it. a, I had like a, yeah, yeah, maybe I had a two hour cut of the movie. Uh, and I was really excited to show, uh, Katie and my mom, <laughs> Katie's my wife. Um, and they were very excited to see it. We and were. about, I would say I, I, the first hour is pretty much what you'll see now when you go and, and check out the film, but you can tell there's a point where like I had been probably really polishing that first hour uh, for a while, but then into the second hour is where it definitely needed some work. <laughs> and I had just been like, ah, I just am rushing to, to show this to these, these people. Um, and it, it, there were some, some issues in that second half that thankfully <laughs> uh, shaved a bunch out, um, took a good 20 minutes out of it after that. Um, and then we had a rough cut screening, uh, here in New York back in July, uh, where I shaved another about 10 minutes out. And so it, it ends up being about a 92 minute movie right now. Well, I love, and we can't just sidestep this. And this is why I love your mom. She knew that if you're in Kentucky, you have to drink bourbon because bourbon's only oh. made in Kentucky. And oh. she knew that right off the bat. I'm a Taylor, <laughs> old Taylor whiskey says Edmund Haynes Taylor on the bottle. And that's my family. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Well, that's interesting to know. Yes. So that's a little. Yeah, but none. Most of us aren't bourbon drinkers, but that's okay. I can <laughs> my claim claim to fame. Well, I, I like that you knew like right out the gate. You're like you're in Kentucky. You drink bourbon. It's not whiskey <laughs> in Kentucky. It's bourbon. So yes. So can I ask? Uh, when was the last time that you guys all went to the parks? Um, we went. Oh, go ahead, mom. The last time Philip and his grandmother and I went to the park was in 2000, 2000, 2000. Um, and then um, Philip and um, Margo and Katie and a group of our friends were there for, for Margo's birthday. We were at Epcot Center. And we celebrated Margo's first birthday at Epcot Center. But her grandmommy and Karen took her Saturday the day before her birthday to the Magic Kingdom for the first her first visit. Um, and she did pretty well. We were there maybe four hours at the most. She did pretty well. She did not like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> well, there is one question I want to ask you guys since you brought that up because uh, me and you, Philip, talked about this the night at Gods and Monsters. The next day, uh -oh. you were going to Epcot oh, yeah. for the food and wine, and you were a little nervous. I'm not going to lie, because you mentioned it two or three times. You're like, uh, I'm a little nervous going tomorrow because I don't know if we're going to 
get in any trouble or if we're going to get any backlash or anything. <laughs> tell, tell me about what happened that day and have you gotten any backlash? Well, my mom was dra- she was dragged out of the uh, park in handcuffs. Uh, Are you serious? <laughs> Are you- no, you pulled our leg. Come on. You know no. I would be heartbroken. Nobody cares about this. It's not, you know, I love him. It's a fabulous film. It's so totally unimportant to the Disney world. Well, and that's the thing. When I watched the movie, because when I first went in to watch the movie, because uh, and I told Phil this in our first interview, this is the first time I watched a whole movie on my phone because the only way I had to watch it was on my phone because I don't have a computer at the house. And I, I was waiting for some, like, really dark, heavy, and I was like, this is a lot, you know, I'm not going to say it was kid-friendly, but this was a lot tamer than what I thought I had signed on to. And then Philip multiple times that night was like, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, man. I'm like, I really don't think you'd have to worry, buddy. Like, I, th- <laughs> I think at the scale of Disney hierarchy, they've got a lot more important shit to worry about than, than you guys going and enjoying the, uh, you know, the food and wine festival. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, the interesting thing is Philip is not nearly as paranoid as some other people. Oh, yeah. Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm. I just was flabbergasted because I saw it in Anaheim. We saw it in Orlando. I, I'm just like, really? What? Okay, I just don't get it. <laughs> but it, you know, we haven't had any problems. I would be devastated. So. Yeah, there are. There is an interesting contingent of people that um, that are. Uh, I'm trying to put it as politely as possible. Who are I would just say paranoid that are very paranoid that that mm-hmm. um, Disney is going to come and like uh, see that they saw this movie and then ban them like by proxy just because they were in an audience at a movie theater watching this film, uh, <laughs> which is just so interesting to me uh, to put it lightly. Um, that and it means a lot to them. I get that. I get that point. I get that it means a lot to these people and, they, and that it would be devastating for them. Um, to lose access to this place that they love, um, but uh, but but yeah, my mom's right. Disney doesn't care. Like that's the sad truth of it all. Like they, they it's not even sad. They have much bigger things to worry about. They have like Star Wars and Marvel comics and you know theme parks and all this other stuff going on. They're not they're not going to worry about this tiny little documentary that uh, is making you know very tiny 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 <laughs> amounts of money well and it was funny because like you said because i know the exact same person you're talking about and we'll, we'll leave his name out just to be nice but like they were worried about mysterious yeah and to be mysterious <laughs> but uh I, they were worried about disney spies showing up to gods and monsters i'm like look disney has got a lot better stuff to do with their payroll than send some guy out here and pay him to see who's in the audience and write names down and come up with some sort of mystical blacklist that you're going to get on because like this guy was legitimately worried that like oh there's going to be Disney spies here and we're going to have problems you know when we go to Disney and I'm like dude re- have another beer and relax like I <laughs> I just I couldn't get like I could not get it through my brain and it was funny because uh somebody I know very closely works there and they got worried for a half second and I'm like you know, honey, uh, I don't think we have to worry. Like, I think they've got really more bigger fish to fry than us little podcast guys, you know, talking about this movie and us being at the screening of the movie. But when I saw the, and to use your word, the level of paranoia on some people, I'm like, wow, they, they take this really, really seriously. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a serious thing for sure. I mean, it, the the thing of the, the Amazon or is what did I say Amazon? That was weird. Um, I've got Amazon streaming on my brain. Um, the at the Orlando screening uh, was how many like you know Disney employees were there? Oh, a and, ton and of them. I, I had a little like booth set up to sell DVDs or whatever, and I had my my fake Disney ID there, uh, which for those of you who haven't seen the, seen the film, there is a, <laughs> a little plot point where I do get a fake. Uh, cast member ID and then use it um, to sneak behind the scenes uh, in Magic Kingdom and Epcot Center. Um, but uh, they would they what they thought were these these employees that were there that came to the Orlando screening thought was so interesting is that they would they pulled out their ID and did a side by side comparison and then just like laughed and thought it was hilarious that it looked so real. <laughs> uh, and I thought that was pretty pretty amusing. Well, it's funny because I actually am a former uh, Disney uh, employee, so like it's it, for me it was interesting to see because like I I had heard things and I didn't even I mean I've always heard about the uh, the uh, what do you call it the underground what's it called the, uh, the utility doors yeah I've always heard about them but me even as a cast member I never had a chance to go through them and I was just like. For me, it was so fascinating, not only as just someone that loves films, but just as a former cast member, I was like, ooh, what's going to happen? I was, like, I was literally on the edge of my seat because I'm like, what's going to happen? And then like, I'm sure you're, you're being all like Joe Cool and holding the camera down to your side and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> okay, he knows what he's doing here. It was really, really <laughs> fascinating for me because I was just like, it was just so intense. Like that moment for me was so intense. Every time you guys would have someone come up asking, you know, are you supposed to be here, show your ID or whatever. Like I was like, oh, oh, oh. You know, it's like almost like watching like a like a like a car wreck. You know, you're just like you can't look away. You're like, I have to see what happens next. You know, it was for yeah. me that was very exciting and very intense too. So definitely, yeah, too. it was an intense uh, situation, and uh, I um I don't recommend anyone do it. I'm not saying that they should, uh, but um the uh, the Epcot stuff was was the thing that really blew me away. The the Utildors under Magic Kingdom were were interesting, but uh, the stuff under or the stuff behind, I guess, not under, um, at the at Epcot was the thing that really really impressed me. Well, and that's the thing. I think it was uh, Hoot Gibson in the movie who said it. He said, "Just when you're back there, act like you don't like tourists and act like you're dead inside." And I was <laughs> like, "Yeah, that that sounds about right." If you do those two things, they're like, "Oh yeah, they definitely work here." So, and they'll <laughs> leave you alone. I laugh all the time. Um, Philip's dad got into the Utilidors in 72 right after the parks opened because they had a friend that worked there um, and I, lo- I liked Philip's comment about the fact that it felt like the behind the scenes at a mall <laughs> it really um, did when like you were- looked at the back of it because I used to work at a mall and I'm like these are the utility doors that we use at the mall and they're just little hallways that take you where you need to go. So you don't have to walk through the crowds in a mall. And that's the way I kind of felt about it. It was like, this just looks like the back door of a mall. This isn't anything crazy except for Philip. I think it was at Epcot where you went and you saw like all the murals they had and some of the things that were more like towards the employee lounge. But it was like, this looks like any backdoor back room of a mall or a big business building or something like that. Like it doesn't, it's it's not all Disney-fied like everything else is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just you know it's a functional utility area that uh, makes the park easier for the employees to get around. And with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break because we got to pay a couple bills, and we'll be right back with more of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Dude.
This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Josh Bauer, a.k.a. JB Designs. If you haven't seen his work, he does amazing stuff. He does comic book art, video game character, movie art. It's awesome. It's even hanging right now in our Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce Studios. You're definitely going to want to check it out. Head to www.joshbauerartist.com and that's www.joshbauerartist.com and you can find him on all his social media outlets including Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. And make sure to follow his event page and catch him at upcoming events like Space Coast Nerd Fest. April 16th and 17th is going to be a guest artist. Also, free comic book day, May 7th at Smash Comics MegaCon 2016 from May 26th to the 29th, where he'll even have a booth in the vendors area. Also, you can find his online store at jbdesigns.storeenvy.com. That's jbdezigns.storeenvy.com. You can find his original paintings, prints, posters, and mini prints. And Deuce, there's a special promo code for our happy hour listeners. If you'll put in the promo code, Deuce is on the loose, and that is spelled D-U-C-E-I-S-O-N-T-H-E-L-O-O-S-E. You'll get 25% off prints, posters, and mini prints. And if you see them on one of the upcoming events, tell them you're a Happy Hour podcast listener to receive something special. And don't forget to see our boy and our friend Josh Bauer of JB Designs. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with with Johnny and Deuce Deuce sent you. And we're back with a happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Um, it's so, Philip, I actually I got to tell a quick story between me and you real quick. I'm actually glad I still got the interview with Philip and got to do the podcast because the week before, me and a friend of mine went to Epcot for food and wine, and I must have texted Philip like a dozen times that day. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, which probably wasn't smart because we spent literally $100 and 30 minutes at Epcot on beer and food and that's so easy to do oh my goodness it was so hilarious my mom gave me a hundred dollar gift card and she's like i want you guys to go have fun because like she wanted or she got it through something she's like i never go to disney take it and literally it didn't last an hour i think it lasted 45 minutes and it was (laughs) gone and i was like oh my god we just spent a hundred bucks already and i was texting (laughs) philip i was like hey our secret word for today is dark side (laughs) <laughs> and like all this stuff and then i looked at my text message the next day and i'm like philip's gonna tell ryan for me not to show up like hey uh we got another podcast to fill in like don't even worry about it so it's so yeah i love it i love i love i love it i'm if you are out there now listening to this and you've seen the movie and you have any sort of anecdote um you know you can please email me facebook message me tweet at me whatever uh i love them I actually there was a woman that was at the orlando screening who messaged me on facebook uh last week um, cause I had been, you know, I've been doing a lot of, been very vocal on, on, uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook trying to get, you know, the word out about the movie coming out on DVD and video on demand. Um, and this woman messaged me through Facebook and she said, I just want to let you know, I just bought a DVD and I, I am so excited to own a copy of this movie cause it, it not the movie necessarily, but that night, uh, at the screening of gods and monsters changed my life forever. Like it, she said that I, I didn't know that there was a community like that out there. Uh, I always knew I loved Disney, but I knew I loved it in a different way than a lot of people, like most of my <laughs> friends and the, the pixie dusters who I work with. 
Um, and I would always kind of keep my mouth shut at times. Uh, but now that I know there is a, a community out there, uh, this dark side of Disney that's out there, I feel like I found my home and my family. Uh, and she said, and, and she ended the message and this is literally what she said. She ended the message by saying, um, I'm sorry if I've totally creeped you out and stalked you on Facebook. Uh, you can just disregard this message. Uh, have a good day. And then of course I wrote back. I was like, are you kidding me? That's like the best thing you could ever hear from anyone ever. Uh, you know, it, it, it was just amazing. And then I look on, on the Amazon page and, uh, for the film because secretly uh, this is going to come up on Friday so I can say it and you can go watch it now on Amazon if you want. We have, uh, it's in the early release state, we have, three, we have three reviews. Two of them are five stars and are very good reviews, very nice. Um, and then somebody else gave it a one-star review and just wrote, very boring. That's all they wrote. <laughs> well, that very, seems very, very uh, weird, and I can't believe boring. that you happened. Me. But you yeah, me. Uh, but, oh, it was my mom. There you go. But <laughs> but having like someone write me an email that's very, like from the heart, like really yeah. considerate, uh, you know, is is amazing it's spectacular well i'm not gonna lie now i feel a lot better because i'm actually friends with your mom on facebook and i'm friends with your <laughs> wife on facebook and i'm always liking pictures of margo and i always feel like a creeper because i'm like mm. oh it's a random podcast guy you met one time liking pictures of your kid but now i'm like ah screw it like he gets a lot weirder shit <laughs> that comes oh, yeah. to him so i'm yeah, okay do it if I didn't want people to like it or I wouldn't have friended you or I wouldn't have posted the picture, you know, it's it's there to be liked and enjoyed. Well, and one thing I did want to say, because you were talking about the people, we, we got a lot of uh, uh, new Facebook followers and things from going to the event at Gods and Monsters. And it was funny, not just the new people we got, but people that were already friends of mine who either work at Disney or just are Disney Files actually hit me up after the event because they knew nothing about the movie and were like, hey, how can I get this movie? How can I see this movie? And I sent them to your website, and I'm like, just keep an eye out. I know it's coming out on DVD soon, because I think you were selling DVDs the night of the show, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I made a small batch, because back in um, October, uh, Dana Snyder had invited me to this convention in Miami. That's right, and, uh, um, Animate. Yeah, Animate Miami, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I uh, had a small batch of like 100 discs made then, and, and ended up selling half of them at that convention, which was great, but then I had this kind of like lingering stock that... I just took around to shows with me and um, would sell them there. Um, but yeah, now they are, uh, and that, that is a totally different edition. Those people, they got those, those copies are totally different cover, totally different everything. Um, but the new one has a better cover. Uh, I love the new cover, by the way, it's just cool, between right? you and the fence post, whoever came Ugh. up with that is an amazing artist. And it kind of pixelates everything for you. You've got Logan there with his bong. You've got Hoot. you've got your mom. You've got like everybody it's, from the movie the is on there is insane so this is a guy he works a lot with with the uh, drunk on disney crew he, oh okay cool um, does a lot of their like promotional art uh and i met him he's part of sort of like part of dana's entourage at this convention and i had never been to a convention before i it, like that in my entire life um and uh dana and guy but the co-hosts of drunk on disney were so kind that they kind of just put you know took me under their wing and i kind of rolled with them for the weekend and i met this guy named Josie Devora over at roosterpop.com and he um, he and i quickly like hit it off and we're kind of like buddies the whole weekend um, and his art that he was selling at the show is amazing and uh, by the end of the the weekend there um, he he was pretty uh, like straightforward he's like you know the the cover of your dvd it's um needs a little work <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, i gave him a copy of the movie on dvd and um, said, you know, take a look at it. And if you get inspired to do anything, let me know. And, um, and he came back to me like a month later and he was like, I watched, I've watched your movie 10 times. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. He, he, he showed me, he sent me a screen cap of his computer 
and he had pulled stills from the film um, and he had them all over like the desktop of his computer. Uh, and there was like a reference for each person. There was like a still of my mom and still of me and of Hoot and of Leonard and everybody. Um, and he was like, you know, it took me about five viewings to get what I wanted to do. And it took me to 10 to, to say, this is what I'm definitely going to do. Uh, and he said that if you look at the film, what I took away from it is that you guys are all everybody in the movie, including your mom, you're all the Goonies. Uh, yes. you're all going on this like treasure hunt into the Disney park. Uh, so what better way to, to kind of convey that by then having you all around this like table, this map, uh, which is like a treasure map of, of the park and just super cartooned out looking like, you know, Disney freaks as, as we all are. <laughs> uh, and the details insane. I, I said to him, where's Dana? Dana's not in there. And he's like, look closer. And on the edge of the table, there's like a little master shake. shake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next to my mom, there's a jar of marmalade, which is something I just noticed like a week ago, which that is like a total inside joke to the film. Uh, if anyone doesn't get it, go watch the movie and you'll you'll understand why. You'll get jar it. Of marmalade. Thing. <laughs> well, and that's why I liked like from watching the film a couple times now, because thank you again, Philip. And thank you again to Ryan. Uh, from Bombshell Entertainment. Hopefully, I got that right. Um, uh, Bloody Bombshell. Bloody Entertainment. Bombshell Entertainment. Brian yes, Scott. Brian Scott from Bloody Bombshell Entertainment. Because a, he was the one who kind of facilitated a lot of this, at least with us. Like he was our middleman, and Ryan's a great guy. Him and his wife were both there. Um, helped me out a lot, definitely, and I'm sure it helped you guys out a lot. So a big thanks to to Ryan Scott and Bloody Bombshell Entertainment for you know helping us with this, but. It was it was really neat after because you guys were both nice enough to send us a basically a screener copy, which you can actually say you've had a happy hour with Johnny Deuce first. You were the first person to ever send us a screener copy of a movie. So we kind of felt we felt like we made it. We're like, yep. we get a copy of a movie early. We have made it, yep. sir. So but after watching it two or three times, it's really cool to look at that art from the cover because, like you said, like there's so many inside jokes and there's so many little things, and it really it captures the essence of that movie, I think, about as perfect as you can in a picture. Yeah, he did a great job. He uh, did actually, a fabulous job. I'm going to see him again. We, we have sort of been, um, you know, as any independent filmmaker these days does, I, I submitted to a bunch of film festivals, and uh, I... I you know, sub, you pay my submission fee and send out my links or my DVDs. And I got a, a kind of a, uh, you know, uh, denial from all of them, every single one, which is fine. <laughs> they're always good in their letters. They say, you know, oh, so sorry. We can only accept 2.8% of all submissions. Oh, gosh. Uh, and you're like, what are you doing? Like, why, why don't I even bother? Um, but uh, unsolicited, uh, the uh, uh, the largest comic convention in Texas, Comic Palooza, which is June 17th through the 19th, um, has invited me to come screen The Dark Side of Disney uh, at their film festival. Um, they have a, a one every year uh, for four years running now. Um, and uh, one cool thing about that is that Josie Devora lives in Houston. Oh, nice. Uh, so he and I are going to be uh, hanging out, um, signing posters and um, slipping DVDs and uh, trying to, to make a buck while also screening the movie for um, an audience at a convention, which is totally cool. That's awesome. Very Congrats. cool. Yeah, it's a good deal. Very cool. Philip, I actually good. had, and this is the only hard-hitting question, I guess you could say, of the whole interview I want to ask you. If there was anything in the movie you could do different, like if I had had a little bit more money, I could have made this scene, or if there's something I could have maybe changed during the movie like did something different or changed something 
because all filmmakers, I think, once even once they finish a movie, there's things that they're like, man, I wish I could have changed this or done this a little different. What would you say that would have been for this movie? I mean, honestly, it, it, the, the money thing isn't anything. Like, uh, there's nothing that we could have got with more money. Uh, maybe more time is the only thing, I guess. Um, but uh, if there was, like, an event, an action that would have happened that I would like to have captured in a film, I, I really do honestly – uh, and we weren't trying that hard. I'll be honest with you guys. I, we didn't try that hard uh, to get banned. Um, it's not like we were like running around with like handguns or like, uh, you know. But you went in the park. They ignored your camera. They ignored your sound. Oh, sure. They ignored all that, even though there's signs posted saying you can't do that. Yeah. Well, like, really? Well, you wrote. We rolled in with, um, you know, Joe specifically, one of the cinematographers had a big giant backpack filled with, you know, two cameras, four lenses, a shoulder mount, you know, a mic, uh, all this stuff. And the guy, every every time, it was almost like a joke, a recurring joke, the guy would open the bag, he'd look at it and then nod his head and say, have a magical day. <laughs> that was it. And you think like, what do you, what do you think we're doing? We, why, what do we need all this stuff for? But then if you do look around, you'll see, you see people all the time with like tripods and cameras yeah. and taking really nice photos and everything. But, um, I, I do wish that, uh, it would have been cool and interesting. I think to, uh, have one of us get banned, whether it's me or Zach or Joe or even Logan, uh, we hung out with him so much. Um, because and not because I wanted to you know say that we did it. I, I wanted to have it happen so that we could follow the process of how to get unbanned, how to like see what it was oh. like to get that ban lifted. Because um, it wouldn't have been people often said at, at screenings or when I was doing the Kickstarter initially, people said, "Well, what if you get banned? It's the end of the movie. You're done." And I don't think so at all. I think that opened that would open the, the movie to a totally different path that it didn't go down. Um, that would have been really interesting to see. Well, see, that's really, really funny because one of our good friends, uh, Matthew Pfeiffer, who uh, he's a photographer and he goes to Disney all the time. He was just there for uh, Disney's Dapper Days, which they do, which is really, really cool and takes a lot of pictures. Like he takes his camera and he takes a bunch of different lenses and things. So I didn't know that that was against the rules to take like a bunch of camera equipment because he takes quite a bit with him. And I kind of was like, well... If he can do it, why would they give you a hard time if you're taking your camera equipment? Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Obviously, it's not that big of a deal because you're probably so used to it happening anyway. So. And I think film cameras, what you film with now, are not, you know, there's certainly steady cams and all that stuff are out there, but right. I don't think they're, they're, they look like regular cameras half the time now. That's true. So yeah. people yeah. don't notice them. They're not the setup, but when you have a, like you said, a shoulder harness. Yeah. <laughs> it would make you think, what's going on with that? <laughs> oh, one of the big things is selfie sticks got banned. And, like, that's, like, right. legit. Like, they go in and, like, I had a friend of mine who, who works uh, works for Disney. He's like, yeah, they come in and they're like, sir, you've got to take this away. Like, they, they're really hardcore about the selfie sticks because apparently, like, people got injured uh, on a ride because they were trying to take a selfie on like space mountain in a broken half. And like, there's a bunch of horror stories that Disney doesn't want people to know about. Like they were just like people taking selfies everywhere and dropping them and like break trying to, you know, it was crazy with the selfie stick. So I kind of understand that point of it. Cause you know, you're, 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 ex- when you have a selfie stick, you're going beyond your 
personal bubble, right? And, and possibly into someone else's personal space. So, like, that makes sense. But, like, having, like, a little camera of your yeah, own. Yeah, a camera of your own. It's not like, and I remember back in the day, anything. like, with my mom, like, back in the day, and we're talking, like, early 80s, she had a huge, like, gigantic, it looked like she could have been filming for, like, the news camera <laughs> she'd have to put on her shoulder. And then there was a wire that went to a bag that held a VCR. And the VCR in the bag was what taped everything. So, you held this ginormous camera, and then you oh had my. this like VCR in a in like a saddlebag you would have to wear that would tape everything. And like if you came with some giant rig like that, or like you said, like if you had a full a harness, you know, with a camera, they might be like, ah, I don't know about that. But you know, you t you talk about uh, what was the movie they just did not that long ago where everything was shot inside of the park at Disney? Um, Escape from Tomorrow. Thank you, Philip. Uh, you know, you have people filming films like that. I would think, I don't know, there's part of me that says I think they would look closer at what you're doing with film cameras, but then on the flip side of the coin, it's like we talked about earlier, they've got bigger fish to fry. Like, they've got a lot bigger things to worry about than that. So I think it's like, why are we going to waste the money on the legal department dealing with these guys than just letting them do what they want to do? Yeah. I think, yeah. That, yeah, it's the self, you know, the biggest issue is the self-promotion because you just keep using the word Disney, 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 you sure. know, and so it's the self-promotion that, that raises the, the um, questions from places, you know, and not the film. It's like big deal. I don't think Disney made a comment about the, the other film. I think it was the people that made it wanted, wanted comments to be made. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I had a question actually for you guys. Two questions. One, do you have a favorite park that you guys like? Mm, Mom, you want to handle that? Um, I, my favorite park is probably the Magic Kingdom just oh. because of the parades and oh yeah, and all that. It's yeah. the nostalgia of it. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. It's uh, and, and it's I also think it's just the most well-rounded park as well as uh, everything was had an idea from the beginning, and we pretty much sure they've added on to it and and all that. But I feel like that was like the main goal, the the most Disney of the other parks, uh, if you will. Yeah, definitely. I've always been a sucker for for Epcot, and I think it comes across in the film. Yeah. Um, the how you know uh, disappointed I am in its current state because it was. Sure. So to me as a kid it was i always loved that kind of like this is what the future is going to be um kind of idea um and i think it's why i think it's why there's this whole you know generation of people that are just obsessed with horizons because it was the kind of the coolest thing when you were a little kid it was. uh and then like now like what do they have they have i don't know they got soren and mission space and test track and it's just not not as cool actually well, like, it's not, there's not the science behind it now that's it's true no adventure mm -hmm. yeah well, I actually really like Epcot. I like it for different reasons. Uh, sure, we have kids, and they love you know all the different rides there too. And and uh, you know my son's tall enough to ride Soarin', so like that's a cool experience for him as well. And you know once Margot gets older, you know you'll be able to see all that as well. But like for me, it's for me it's more about like with Epcot. I I love going to the different countries, not to drink around the world, but like just at night. Right. I love my wife and I are a big fan of Oriental, like Asian culture. And so like, I literally will like, we'll walk down Epcot just as, cause we have annual passes. We'll go there for like a date night and we'll just walk around the countries at night. And you really feel like you're somewhere else for, for a moment. And it's, it's kind of you know, magical. Really. It is. I think Disney nailed that. 
Uh, sure, it's changed throughout the years, but like I feel like they really did a great job of capturing that that uh, exploration, you know, if you will. So I've, Epcot's always been my favorite. Deuce, do you have like a favorite park? Yeah, it, it's kind of a, a toss-up. I, I really like, and because I'm an old school, born and raised here in Florida, it's MGM Studios. It will MGM. Al- <laughs> it will always be MGM Studios. I don't care what they name it. It's always going to be MGM to me. Right. But right. Uh, I, I love because, A, I can ride most everything there because I can't do roller coasters. So there's only two things I can't ride. I can't ride Tower Terror because I don't like drops. And I can't ride Rock and Roller Coaster, but I can do the Muppets. I can do the Star Tours. I can do the Indiana Jones Stump Spectacular. You can do oh, you can do Star Tours, but you can't do the Tower of Terror. No, I don't like that oh, free fall drop. Anytime I feel it's like fabulous. I'm free falling. Oh it's no, the best no, ride. no, that that's the devil. Like <laughs> I, don't do, I don't do I don't do the the, the um, roller coasters either. I've gotten on every one simply because I've had people that I needed to. Yeah. introduce them to but i have um karen again she will ride rock the rock and roller coaster while i do tower of terror she will not get on tower of terror not because of the drop but because it's black it's dark sure <laughs> yeah i just i can't do roller coasters i can't do the dark so i'm always there to hold people's backpacks or purses when they want to do it but i i love the stuff there especially when the toy story land comes and the, and the star wars land come uh, that's probably going to be my favorite park and I also like it because you can drink in that park, which is nice. Um, True. And then my, my other one is Epcot, just because of the mere fact, and going back drinking again, because, of course, it's Deuce. Um, <laughs> it's Epcot because you can drink around the world. And I love the concerts because not only do they do it during food and wine, they do it during the flower festival. Like, a lot of times during the year, you can see different acts. And my I, I only go to Epcot once a year, and it's always for food and wine and see Sister Hazel. And it's a lot like <laughs> Logan when he goes and sees uh, – Christopher Cross, I have to see Sister Hazel every year. It's my favorite band, and it's I'm I'm actually glad you didn't send a camera crew with me when I went uh, to see Sister <laughs> Hazel because it, it might be worse footage than Logan. Th- there's a couple songs where my friends will joke to me about like you have to understand if this Sister Hazel song comes on, you have to have a backup beer for Deuce. Just to give him because it's emotional. It means a lot to him. And, like, if he does not have a full beer in his hand when this song comes on, you need to get it to him or be on the way back from getting it to give it to him because it means a lot to him. Because that band, like, it got me through some tough times. And, like, I love that band because they're from Gainesville, Florida, and uh, just a huge hazelnut, as we call ourselves. And yeah, like the, the, that. yeah, that's my favorite flavor of coffee. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Sister Hazel fans are called the Hazelnuts, and I'm a huge Hazelnut because I love Sister Hazel, and I go every year to see them, and I love it because now that they're older, they have their kids, so yeah. they bring their kids on sure. stage with them and stuff. So it's kind of like a family affair. Plus, I think the people that love them were the people that loved them in the '90s that went to college in Gainesville at that time. So it's a lot of doctors and lawyers and stuff. So it's like. <laughs> I don't have to worry about anything when I'm in that audience. It's like I, I'm in the safest place I could be in the entire world. Besides being at Disney, like nothing crazy is going to happen That's right true. now. So I, I, had- I, I that whole feeling is like that. It's seeing it's seeing stupid grit groups, boys to men, Survivor, you know, <laughs> things. Because I will age myself greatly here as a result of that, you know. But I have a friend up here. The same thing with Sister Hazel. It's funny to listen to you say that. That they say they come down, they go down for food and wine, 
for that particular band also. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> they they had the best show, and what I love is they do three different sets. Every every set is completely different except for All For You because that's like their biggest hit, so they have to play it every single time. <laughs> but like, I will literally go and stay for all three sets, spend the whole day, and then have somebody drive me home <laughs> and, and like just have a blast and it's so much fun and to, just to give uh, two of our good friends a shout out uh tia and Corey, they go every year to see uh because they've been added to the lineup recently is hansen because T- hansen's one of tia's favorite bands and i said next no. year i have to go with them because they actually made a beer called mm hop Oh no! Yeah, so I'm like, I'm gonna go one time with you guys just so I can try this mm hop beer. Mm. <laughs> That's oh, one boy. of the 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 subtle jokes that that I there's like little jokes that I that I as like a specifically as an editor, um, always look to see if anyone notices it in the movie. Uh, and th- there's a, there's a part in the, movie, in the movie when um, Logan talks about, oh, we're gonna go see Christopher Cross, and it cuts to a shot of like the board that says like this weekend uh, Christopher Cross, next weekend Hanson. Yeah, uh, and every there's always a couple people that will like chuckle a little bit uh, when that comes up, <laughs> and I look at them and I nod and I think, okay, they they got that. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I had one last question for you guys because Deuce and I we're you know we're we live in Florida. We've never been to Cal. Well, I've never been to California. Have you been to California? Hell no. No. So what for those people that have never been to California? Like what what are what would you say the main differences? between Disney, you know, over there, Matt, uh, Di- what do they call it, uh, Disneyland, Land. as oh, opposed to it? Disney World, because, like, <laughs> I always felt like it was, like, a totally separate, like, you, you've got Coke or Pepsi, like, I feel like there's a lot, you know, those type of people, like, they're so hardcore into one or the other. Do you, A, you guys are both, because I remember you touched on it briefly about Disneyland, but have you guys have both been there, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been, I've been three or four times, Philip's been a couple times. Do you have a preference? Yeah, Walt Disney World. There you go. That's what I thought. I just felt like it's it like it's like Pepsi and Coke, and in California is Pepsi. Oh, that's so weird. That's such, a, yeah, that's such an interesting take on it. That should be like on I, a T-shirt. <laughs> I have a passion for Disneyland these days, just because I I, have, I know Disney World like the back of my hand. I know it so well, and it's like a, a muscle memory just going into the park. Yeah. Um, whereas Disneyland, what I like about Disneyland a lot is that it's it's a, it has a newer feeling to it to me, even though it's the older park, because I haven't been there that much, and I appreciate how contained it is yeah like disney world is this daunting world uh, that you have to go to and spend you can't just go for one day you have to go for multiple days sure whereas disneyland i felt like i could go and i could hit both parks um because you're right what's nice you could well, you just walk across the street and then you're in the other park um and uh you really could see uh, everything that you wanted to see in one day so i appreciate that yeah, you could do you could do the Magic Kingdom portion, um, you know, um, which is smaller than our Magic Kingdom in in Florida. Um, you could do that and spend the whole day. Um, Philip and I went to the opening of um, California Adventure, and um, um, there are some changes since we were there. And there's some interesting things, and there's still more changes. Um, the Magic Kingdom in, in California at Disneyland is um, has the difference. The Pirate Ride is different. The Haunted Mansion is different. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is still there. Oh, true. Oh, don't even get me started yeah. on that. Yeah. Still there. <laughs> true. 
so um, there, there's some really special things, you know, um, small world ride there, you know, the building is just phenomenal. Um, you know, so there, there's some really, you know, spectacular points of view at um, the Magic Kingdom there. Yeah, because they have the Matterhorn there, right? That's, yeah, Matterhorn. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, so definitely we should, yes. uh, like you're saying, definitely anyone that remotely enjoys Disney should at least once in their lifetime go check out oh, the absolutely. Cal- Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I did want to add to what Beth said. It seems like, at least with Disneyland, that they have kind of kept it as original as possible. Like, they haven't changed a ton. I mean, they've added new stuff, but they haven't changed as much as Disney World because, you know, they added the new Fantasyland with the Little Mermaid and the Minecart Ride. And it seems like Disney World keeps changing things. Well, they're trying to catch. Like, well, example, and this is something that you guys will both know. Is I was sad when the Norway ride, the Maelstrom, is gone because I remember riding that yeah. for years, and now it feels. Now I could be wrong, but obviously we probably all agree it feels like with Disney World that they're trying to cash in on more of the popular hit now stuff, yeah. like Frozen. Like they're, they're they're they took Maelstrom out, and now they're putting a Frozen ride in there, and it's like it feels like Disney's trying to cash in on you know what's popular now as opposed to. Disneyland is still kind of keeping what was classic, you know. And Arendelle was not Norway, so right. <laughs> so you know, what what did that have to do with it? So all Scandinavian made-up countries are the same. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Frozen was not one of my favorite Disney movies, contrary to the popularity that it has out there. <laughs> well, don't feel but, bad, Beth. I've never seen it because I don't have kids, so I don't watch a lot of animated movies. So, yeah, uh, I know. Uh, Johnny's in the same boat. He hates it. And so, actually, that might be a new bit that we start moving. It's just not one of my. I don't particularly think the female characters were all that fabulous. I don't know. I just. I did I, like I, the villain, though. I did like Hans because he, he was actually wanted to commit murder. You know, like you haven't had someone since Scar <laughs> that actually was that evil. You know, like that. That. <laughs> The, the, I don't know. The hunter and Bambi was pretty evil. <laughs> that, was, yeah, yeah, we should do another true. episode another time. You know, where we discuss the Disney films because I bet that would be an interesting conversation piece for a later date and time. It certainly would be. So, so I'm, I'm going to sign off, guys. Thank, Beth, I, we I, really Beth, appreciate your time. Thank you so Beth. much for coming thank on you tonight. So much. Fabulous, time with us. fabulous talking to you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Tell um, all your friends hi for us. Yeah. I'm not. Are you kidding? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Take care. Well, that was Beth, of course, Philip's mom, who was with us, who was awesome. And, Philip, I I just had a couple more questions for you, and that is um, what is your next documentary or, like, what's the next film that's on your docket that's kind of like, okay, this is my next project? Yeah, there's always that itch. You always get, like, I don't know if you guys – I'm talking about it, but yeah, there's like an itch. Oh, we know, we know. Yeah, and so, um, and usually it's it it tends to with each project I've been doing it that itch kind of like uh, each project's been bigger and bigger and bigger, and so there's a longer tail on it. You know, you're done with the movie, but then uh, the release schedule and the release window is is like a longer thing. Sure, the bubble was okay, it kind of just released itself, and then it's been out there in the world for people to watch. Uh, And Dark Side of Disney now is ramping up to be a much bigger affair. Uh, so it's taking up a little more time. However, I do um, I have been in talks with uh, the world famous Dave Ensign 
uh, also known uh, to many people as Hugh Gibson, about uh, working with him on a documentary about the creation of his own theme park that he's doing in uh, in Florida on his land. He's building his own place. He started to talk about it more um, on Facebook. He's got like little um, hints at what it's going to be. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to blow his own horn. Sure, sure. Um, but go check it out on Facebook. If you go like world famous Dave Ensign, like E-N-S-I-G-N, go look that up. Uh, you'll see the, some of the early plans, some of the mock-ups or posters and things like that. I have seen the, uh, investors packet that he's been uh, sending out to people, um, that fully details every single aspect of the park. Uh, and it's a fascinating thing. I cannot, I cannot wait. Uh, to see it. Um, but then I also can't wait to make a, a movie about it because I see it ending two ways. I see, uh, you know, I hang out with Hoot, we go through the whole process, we film the stuff. It either ends with him building this park and people come and it's great and wonderful. And you can just see like a great shot. It's like, you know, we shoot with a drone where he's like standing at like the gates of his park and the, the drone flies away slowly, leaving him uh, as you see this great aerial shot of the, of the park. Uh, or, same shot, but instead it's like shot through the back window of his like wife's car as she's like driving away with the kids in the back seat, and he's just standing around a bunch of like half finished uh, theme park equipment. Oh, wow. yeah, and that's that's the thing with uh, Dave. As much as I love the kid to death, it, it, it's going to end one of those two ways. It, it, yeah, totally. Right. And I want to give a big shout out to Dave and toot his own horn because I've been in contact with him on Facebook recently and he was nice enough to say, he's like, yeah, I want to come and do the show. I want to, you know, promote the park and really uh, accepted us and was so nice to us. And was like, you know, Hey, I want to be on the show. I want to do the show. And we talked in the pre-show meeting and I'll pull back the curtain a little bit because that's one of our favorite phrases. Um, And hopefully when you do that documentary, we will be able in some way to be a part of that and maybe do a podcast live with you guys when you're, you know, hear and be able to get it filmed and be a, a part of a documentary. Cause to me, that would be the icing on the cake. I'd feel like I made it. Like if me and you were able to be like in the documentary and be like, Hey, we were there. We were in the documentary. We were part of this process. We were part of the thing that either helped them make this big park that turned into something or they went bust. We were part of that too, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great, yeah. I would love to have you guys involved some way for sure. Yeah, because we're uh, all about su- we're all about supporting. You know, especially we live in Florida. We're all about supporting local art and local. Oh yeah, just anything that can do with like people around us. And of course, you know, Deuce has been native Floridian his whole life, and I've been living in Florida for twenty years. So between Deuce and I, we know Florida pretty well. So it's and we you know we do love theme parks. I mean, that's one of the things that we are we gravitated towards you is the the fact that you know you're you're bringing this different side to Disney and like something that's you know, quote unquote sacred, you know, and it, you're, you know, you're able to kind of go literally behind closed doors. And it's this fascinating to kind of see where this is all, you know, where you had a, you know, you had the project, you started off with the, with the celebration film, the bubble, and then you kind of just grew and expanded. And I, and I'm, you know, essentially what Deuce and I are saying is that we're right there. We're right there on the ride, man. Like we'll continue to, you know, support you in any way we can. Cause we believe in, believe in your project and believe in you. So that's awesome. I appreciate it. It's been fun to see, like, the you know the the, the people that you know can help out and um, are definitely um, supporters. Because uh, there's enough there's enough hate in the world, guys. So let's yeah. just yeah, uh, no relax for a second and focus on just being positive for once in our lives. And it's nice. You guys are good. Um, I'm I'm happy to be a part of the Happy Hour crew. Um, you guys have been great. Um, 
and I appreciate all the, all the kind words. Well, Philip, anytime you want to come on the show, like I said earlier in the pre-show meeting, you just got to ask, brother, and we'll make time in our schedule. Johnny, what you got on deck? Well, I was going to say one more time uh, for the folks at home, the website, the two places, because obviously when this comes out, it'll have been post, you know, it'd been live on Tuesday or Wednesday, Wednesday 420. 420. 420. It'll be already <laughs> when this episode airs on Friday, the Dark Side of Disney will be available to the masses. So how do people find uh, the Dark Side of Disney? So dsodoc.com is the best place to go. Um, DarkSideOfDisney.com. Dark side, I'm sorry, DarkSideOfDisney.com uh, is what it stands for, but dsodoc.com. Um, you can also head over to the Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash dsodoc. Uh, and you can actually buy DVDs from the Facebook page directly. If for some reason you hate uh, going through people's websites or using PayPal or something, um, go to Facebook. It's a different system. Um it's streaming on Amazon and Vimeo by the time you hear this. Uh, do whatever one you want. If you're international, Vimeo is the way to go. But if you're local and um, you want to check it out on Amazon, by all means, do it. Um, the cool thing um, is that because of uh, the way Amazon and Vimeo both are so integrated into everything, uh, you can easily watch it on your computer, on your phone, on your um, Roku or your PlayStation or your uh, Xbox or whatever you got, you can you have a way to, to find it um, and you'd be able to stream it however you want. Uh, but those DVDs are also a good thing to pick up at dsoddoc.com. Um, we have three different versions and we've got posters and a bunch of stuff. Um, so it's we're making it as easy as possible for people uh, to see it. Uh, it's just a matter of, um, you know, going and doing it. Well, I definitely want to recommend everybody going out and getting the Dark Side Edition uh, because it comes with a soundtrack, because you had an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, the, the soundtrack was awesome. Yeah, so getting that for free along with it is great. Uh, Philip, before we leave you, or have you leave us, I have one more question for you, and that is you've been on this whirlwind tour, showing it in all these different places, and, it, well, actually make it a two-part question. One, what was your favorite place to stop? And two, what has been your favorite memory or your favorite thing from this whole experience? Wow. Um, so let's see, let's, let's see if I can remember all the places we've been. We started in, in Anaheim. We did rough cut screening in, in, uh, in Brooklyn, uh, in July last summer. And then we went to Anaheim, we went to Orlando, we went to Miami, we went to Boston, we went to Nashville and Chicago, and we went to my hometown of Akron, Ohio. Um, all those screenings, it, it was it's hard to pick ones. Chicago was funny because, because we sold out. It was like a big deal. Cause I was, it was the first time we screened somewhere that wasn't like a Disney related town, like Orlando or Anaheim. And we sold out. It was the first time we sold out and I was blown away that we sold out halfway through the screening. The film slipped, um, three seconds out of sync. Um, so, you know, you were seeing people talking, but then you were, you're hearing what they were saying three seconds later. Uh, it was super frustrating. The people that, that, um, it boiled down to a glitch of like having, the people that I offered, I gave the film to, uh, burned it to a, to a cheap Blu-ray, and then played it on a cheap Blu-ray player uh, in the um, uh, theater that we were at, uh, and that's what we found out later on was the problem. But to the testament of the film, nobody left. The film slipped three seconds out of sync, and, and the people sat there, and like most people didn't even notice, which is great. But I, of course, as a filmmaker, was real stressed in the back. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Definitely. Um, so that was a funny, interesting thing. We also partnered with the local filmmakers who had a short about a, a Vietnam veteran who has PTSD that he only can, the only thing that like helps him out is to go to Disney world, uh, or to be involved in some sort of Disney based activity. Um, and it was a fascinating, like very real, very like 
like honest portrayal of a Vietnam veteran with PTSD. Um, but then also like partnered with this very kind of sweet, uh, Disney love letter to it. So that was a Chicago was really interesting. Um, but Akron, Ohio was amazing. We had my hometown. So many people came out, almost 200 people came out for that. Um, but I gotta say the best one was probably Orlando. Cause that was like the Orlando is the one, uh, the book is based on uh, all the stuff that happens at Disney world. The book is all Disney world. Um, there was like an audience built in already. Uh, there's a, the community, I think around, um, Disney world is just so much bigger because it's just a bigger park Disneyland. We had a lot of the Disney gang members come to the screening we had, uh, and that was cool to see. Uh, but in Orlando, you had people that really reacted to stuff that was like uh, on going on on screen, uh, cause it was such a Disney world centric film. And then the next day we took Margot to Epcot for her, her first birthday. So the, 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 that double bill. Uh, really helped to make it a very magical uh, event. Um, so I guess yeah, that's probably the the, the best screening and best uh, like moment was was being able to, you know, share that out not only with Margot and my wife but with my mom. And I think if I had to pick one moment, it's hard to pick one moment. So I'll cheat and say that the the, the neatest thing now that she's hung up, I can say something nice about her. Um, it, the the neatest thing about this whole process has has been connecting with my mom on like a a level that. Um, I hadn't prior to this, you know, we, we, we talk about Disney, we talk about movies, we talk about all this stuff, but to work with her on this project and really like get to the core of why she is such a, a Disney fan, um, and get to share these moments and these stories with, with other people, uh, every audience, every, every person that sees this movie, um, walks away with a better understanding of, of not only my mom, but all of these, um, Disney fans and why it's important to them. Which, Philip, I've got to say, now that your mom's off, because I can brag about you a little bit, uh, <laughs> the way her eyes lit up and the way she talked about you when I interviewed her uh, is something that uh, I've seen my mom do a couple times, and it, she was so proud of you, and the look in her eye and just the emotion that came out of her, you could tell that she was so proud of her son and that she loved you so much and Margo and your wife so much, and it was... Uh, a, a truly it's one of those moments I actually wish I had video of not just audio of because you can't get everything in audio with a podcast which I hate mm -hmm. uh, video explains things so much more but just the way that she beamed and she glowed when she <laughs> talked about you in this movie it's like I've seen it maybe from my own mother a handful of times in my life and it was like wow like this is a mother who loves her son loves what her son is doing and just is so so proud um and it was amazing that's well it's good to hear definitely yeah my mom my mom and i have a special bond i mean i we could go on for hours about it but uh my dad died before i was born like six months before i was born my dad passed away um and so then i i was for the first three years was raised by my mom and then uh, my grandmother moved in with us uh and yeah my mom taught me how to love uh disney taught me how to love movies they're like we I was really raised with like a very rich uh, fantasy life as a kid uh, because, you know, I was brought into a kind of a horrible situation uh, at an early age. I, I think I felt like I understood, um, you know, how serious life could be. Uh, and at an early age, it was easy for me to, to, to escape into a movie or a book or a video game or any of that stuff. Um, and so that could be a bad thing. I think it's sometimes, uh, if you look at some kids that are too deep with, into that stuff and I feel like hopefully 
I feel like growing up with my mom being like the great person that she was, we, we shared those things, you know, we shared, um, those, we, we played video games and we watched movies and we went to, you know, Disney world together. Uh, and so she was in some ways like a, a friend to me more than, than a parent at times, uh, for better or worse. Uh, so it was good. The, the joke we always had growing up was that my friends came over to hang out with her, not to hang out with me. <laughs> well, that adds actually a whole new layer to the film, knowing that your grandmother actually lived with you and helped raise you. So when you throw that into the fact of you taking her ashes there and burying them at, at Disney, it, it, it adds a whole new layer to the film that I didn't even know until just this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something, yeah, there's, there, there's a whole other like, film to make about that. Um, and it's another thing, again, I could talk all night about, but, um, someday, someday we'll get there. Well, definitely. And Philip, we can't wait to have you back on the show again. Yep. And like I said, man, hit me up anytime. We will make room in our schedule for you. And even if it's just like, you know what, I've got an hour on a Tuesday just to kind of shoot the bull because I've got a feeling you've got a lot of stories in you and you can't wait to hear them. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. I will be a happy guest anytime definitely man well thank you so so much for coming on with us again and we hope you have a great night brother yeah you too guys all right have a good one philip of course that was the amazing uh philip swift and his awesome mother beth swift from uh, the dark side of disney they were awesome guests uh and obviously you can hear the passion that they evoke from the film and their whole life together it's just an awesome a truly amazing story we just if you can't if you don't hear anything else that we say tonight, go check this out. Yeah, you you have the Vimeo movie. streaming. Yeah. You have all the different streaming services you could check out. And uh, go on to Amazon. Copy. Get the Darker Side, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, the Darkest Edition or Darker Edition. Check that out. It's really, really neat with all the special features and, and the free soundtrack and all that. So we definitely go out there and recommend that you check out this film. It really touched Deuce and I. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's something, you know, for everybody really to check out. And especially if you remotely have a uh, an interest in Disney, I think you'll find something fascinating. And also, because you live in this area, we know we're the number one podcast in Polk County. There's yep. a lot of people around here that there listen is. to it. You want to see this, being yep. somebody that lives here in Florida. And Johnny, how do they find us on the internet? They can find us at HH Podcast Show on Twitter, Facebook.com forward slash Happy Hour Podcast Show. And also, if you want to send us a Gmail, send it to us at HH Podcast Show at Gmail.com and maybe send us some questions for Philip next time we have him on. Or Beth. Or Beth, because hopefully we'll both have him on again. Also, we got the mailbag coming up soon that you yes. want to send questions to. So send them to HH Podcast Show at Gmail.com. And of course, it's not one, there's not two, but there's three hashtags you want to put in the Twitter machine. Hashtag Happy, Happy Hour Podcast. Hashtag HH Podcast Show. And of course, hashtag Deuces, Deuces on, on the loose. loose. Later. See you.